you to raise your hands with me and worship him. We're going to sing this last chorus again. You know, he's in the house. You can't see him with your eyes. Oh my, what's he going to say on that day? Because this precious service is written down in heaven. Have you given him glory for what he's already done this week for you? Sing this with us.
shall be saved and I appreciate the Lord I plan on enduring uh, I I used to always think that it would just it wouldn't be so hard to endure but sometimes the enduring is the hardest part and so I appreciate the Lord he is well able to keep us and he is able to help us I um, I was wanting to preach something more Christmassy, if possible, but um, my mind went off on the deep end on something. And so, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to First uh, Corinthians 5, uh, fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen. Right. 
It's really a familiar, um, familiar scriptures here. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly which section I was looking at. I think it was this last section that I preached from so often. So uh, turn with me, First uh, Corinthians 15, and we'll start in verse 51. You probably heard this at funerals before. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying uh, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your many blessings and we thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, for those times when you come by and let us realize, Lord, there's so much more to what's going on than what we can see and that there's so much more going on in our lives for our eternal sakes than what we can see. And I pray, Lord, help us to look on those things that will never perish, but will last forever and ever. Lord, here this evening, I pray, Lord, help us. Help us to give our hearts unto that eternal uh, song that you have uh, sung unto us, you have given unto us that of salvation and of love. And help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on the goal. In your blessed and holy and righteous name we do pray, the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, like I said, I I really studied over in Luke. I like Luke for the Christmas program and Christmas reading. I like the book of Luke, and I was studying over in that. But um, then I came to a place, I don't remember how I got onto it. I wanted to see how many places in the Bible is the word real. Real, R-E-A-L, you know, real. You know how many places are in the Bible like that? Zero. And the word reality, which is part of real. Zero. Huh? 
So sometimes that can mean that that means that they were using words that are different than our words. And sometimes it's more concrete their words than our words are. Because in, uh, you look up in Webster's and there's really only two or three class uh, definitions for real. And the only one that is legally binding is real estate. Real estate. Or talking about land. You know why? Because land is always there. It never perishes. It's always there. Unless a tornado comes through or a hurricane comes through and washes it away or something like that, you know, it's there. Real estate. It's not in the Bible. So, I got to looking up. Uh, well, if, if it's not real, what about indestructible? Is that in the Bible? No. So, I was looking up about indestructible and I came down. Sometimes I look at those anonyms and synonyms, huh? And I seen one that I thought, well, now that's in the Bible. And it was the word perish. And then it led me over here to these scriptures here. Huh? I want to talk to us today about what is reality. What is really real? What is... Oh, they have to help me. Because if I can't put it into words now, I'm hoping I can put it into words a little bit later. Huh? When I was a little boy, my uh, parents took me up to, um, uh, what? It was um, Ghost Town in the Sky. I know that's not probably a good, good analogy. Some of you shaking your head like you, you remember that. I know where it's at. It's in Maggie Valley. Huh? And uh, anybody ever been to Ghost Town in the Sky? Oh yeah, okay. And uh, it's up on top of a mountain when you go up there. There's a real uh, wild, wild west road going down that road down there. And that was the big thing when I was a little boy. And, and they'd come out there, you'd hear a bunch of hollering and yelling that come out. Uh, some couple of guys come fall out of the bar, you know, and next thing you know, there's a gun gun battle and one fella falls over, you know, and they haul him off, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, wow, what is going on here? You know, and then a little bit later, I got over next to a couple of those, those storefronts and all that, and I stepped back right behind the wall, and there wasn't nothing there. It wasn't real. It was a facade. A mirage. Something just up there for a while. And so, I kind of got my own definition. I mean, that's not real good for a preacher to do like that, is it? Real. Real to Brother Jeff is something that will forever exist and so if there's something that will be destroyed will be changed will be done away with that's not real the reality the real stuff is what will cannot be destroyed 
cannot be done away with, but will last forever and ever and ever. I want to tell you something, folks. We get caught up in this ghost town in the sky mentality about earth and where we are at. We get too invested in the things that are around us and the people that are around us and the politics or, or the economy that's around us. We get too invested in that, you know, and we think like, well, this is just going to ruin all of this. Well, the truth of the matter is, it's all heading for destruction anyway. It's not a matter of if it'll be destroyed. It's a matter of when it will be destroyed. Even the scriptures tell us, which to me, the scriptures are real. These words are forever settled in heaven. And what they say will happen or have already happened and are happening even now. Real. Amen. And so uh, in the, in, over in Revelation, it talks about the economy of the world being destroyed and basically the Antichrist taking rule over all of that. And I listened to a book not long ago and it was talking about Napoleon when he was fighting against Russia. Uh, I don't even know what wars that was. Uh, not that good on the history part. But anyway, back during that time, they were calling him the Antichrist because yes. he was trying to take over the world. Huh? He might have been a Antichrist, little a, but the big A Antichrist is yet to come. Amen. Amen. But even that, folks, that's not our reality. That's not what we're going to be going through. Amen. And so here in these scriptures, says in a moment in the twinkling of eye at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Do you understand what that means? Who in here understands incorruptible? Huh? Have you ever thrown uh, maybe an old barbecue and a bunch of meat and vegetables out somewhere and you thought, I'll pick that up later on and put it in the trash and carry it on out. And then about a month later, you come out and you find out, I forgot it. I hope you've never done anything like that before. I've come across things like that before. Uh, my wife is a little too picky for that to happen in the house. But I've come across stuff like that before. When we were doing that last... Uh, play over there on spruce and pine there was some kind of odor and I thought it was all the alcohol going on no it wasn't that there was half of a barbecue that somebody had uh, burnt about a week or two before and it was laid over there you know Amen. moving on its own and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that that is corruptible that is corruptible. If you can't picture any of that and say, well, Brother Jeff, I'm still not sure what you, corruptible, just think of a dirty diaper. That is corruptible. Okay? So here in these scriptures, it said, for the trump shall sound and the dead, you know what happens to dead people, don't you? They become corrupted. 
Amen. You leave them in there and they're corruptible. You know, even the mummies that they find that are been well preserved for thousands of years, even them, their skin's coming off. Huh? But at that last trump shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. In other words, they'll be back to what they were before and better. There'll be no corruption in their body. If they had cancer or diabetes or something else in their life, amen, when they're raised up, they'll not have any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to fix my brain situation, you know, and all my forgetfulness and all that other kind of stuff. Incorruptible. No sin. And not only will there be no sin, but there'll be no death in us anymore. No death. Incorruptible. And, uh, and so this gets back to the perish and unperishable. Huh? To perish. To be destroyed. To be done away with. Everything we see here is going to perish and be destroyed. I'm old enough now to be able to go on different places around us and think, that doesn't look anything like I remember. I was young enough to remember when you would come up here to uh, 204 exit of I-16 and you had to get off and come over to Highway 80 and go on up the country away to almost Macon before you could go on around. I remember that, huh? There's a few others that remember it, but probably a lot of others that you don't, you have nothing, no understanding. It was always four lane, you know, or getting to be six or eight lane. Now you go down and we got a big, got a big one, them big fancy uh, uh, overhead clover leaves coming in on, on 16 and 95, you know, big, uh, I'm sorry, flyovers, that's what they call it. Big flyover coming on. You come down Highway 80 off of 204, and where'd all the trees go? Where'd all the forests go? And if you brought John Wesley or George or uh, James Oglethorpe back to Georgia and bring him down into Savannah, he wouldn't recognize Savannah. No, maybe a little bit, but the trees that he knows, they're all gone. Huh? I have been one place that what was there a couple thousand years ago was still there. And it was amazing. Yes. Teresa and I, we were over in a place called Gordon's Garden. And, uh, it's called the Garden Tomb. And when you walk over just another little ways, you just look up a little bit, and about a stone's throw, there's a, a little hill over there, and it's got two deep burrow, three deep burrows in it, and it looks like a skull. And it's called the Place of the Skull. And if you climbed on top of it and went up toward the top of it, there are holes that were drilled or cut down in there years and years ago where they put crosses in there. And so, some things don't change. 
But it's going to change. Because according to Peter, this world that we know of is going to burn with fervent heat and fire. The elements will melt everything. Uh, I just read today, it said more volcanic action in, in uh, 2022 than I think they've ever recorded across the world. More volcanoes are spouting off and more uh, lava coming out on the earth. More than it's ever had before. Amen. It's going to burn with fervent heat and fire. <clears throat> I think it's Isaiah that says that the, uh, that the water will be turned to pitch. How many of you know what pitch is? That is a molten tar that is hot. Huh? And said that the dust will be changed, forgive me, basically into fire, fiery type lava type stuff. Huh? This world is not real. Is not going to exist like we know it. It's going to be changed. Is heaven real? The new heaven's going to be. And the new earth is. But the heaven and earth that we have now is going to be done away with. Roll away. Amen. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So the only things that I know that are real, 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 genuine, uh, unchangeable, undestructible, always have been there is the Lord. Amen. He has always been the same. He has never changed. Amen. We can count on Him. His ways are right. His uh, changes are right. Amen. What He has told us, He will do. Amen. And those things that He hates, He hates. Even to this day, our God does not change. I thank the Lord. He is something we can count on. And He is eternal. Our feeble minds cannot even contend with eternity or forever. Have you ever been in great pain? Some of you have been. And a minute or two in that great pain seems like an eternity, doesn't it? Huh? And you can hurt and hurt and it just seems like it draws the day out so long except for when you have to you fall asleep and you can't because you can't stay awake and then you can't stay asleep because you can't. It hurts so bad. It's back and forth. Pain! But you know what? That's not eternity. And that's not forever. Amen. Now, I, I, I know I shouldn't think like this, but uh, I, I think about how long is... They used to say, how long is long? Well, I can tell you, long is as long as you can get it. Okay? And long for the Lord, eternity is way. Be... He's outside of time. He's outside of what we would consider matter. He's outside of all of that, looking in. Amen? Uh, you know, He can uh, appear right here, but yet He can appear all over the world all at one time. He is the same, and He's only one God. 
Can you fathom all that? No. Beyond our comprehension. It's about like uh, any of you ever looked at source code? Huh? <laughs> it's like, what? Source code is what they call the code that runs your computers. And my dad and I, we used to run a, have a company down Savannah years ago, and we had a particular program that we were running, and every once in a while it would glitch up. And the writers of it knew exactly where it was at, and I had to access the source code, go in there, and change a couple of zeros to ones. Because that's all it was, was zeros and ones. But when you pull it up, it's just, it's just forever zeros and ones, zeros and ones. I can't read all that stuff, but you go down the line such and such and over so far and change that zero to a one and get out of that, save it, and everything starts working again. Huh? Folks, that's nothing compared to our God. Keeps the tides coming in at just the right time and going right back out. The moon has never been late. Neither has the sun risen a little late or early. It's always right on time. I take that back. There was one day. Messed it up. One day. It messed up. You know what happened? God held it in place for 24 hours. And by that, amen, Joshua won the battle. Amen. And so, but the Lord, amen, is beyond anything we can imagine. But yet, I was talking to Brother Jamie a little earlier. He's like you and me. You ever met somebody? I know everybody thinks Elon Musk is so smart, but I don't, I'm really beginning to wonder how smart he is. Okay? I'm sorry. But you ever met somebody that was really, really, really smart? But they could talk with you, play with you, yeah. joke with you, yeah. have a good time, didn't make you feel like you were dumb? Huh? Yeah. Come on. That's the way our God is. He knows all about us. We are made in His likeness and His image. He was not made in our likeness and our image. Woo! Amen. I don't know why this is a Christmas sermon here tonight, but I like it. Amen. He's coming. And uh, he's saying right here in verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. You ever try to clean yourself up? You ever try to get all clean and then you come outside and your mama said, did you wash behind your ears? Or, or someone tell you, you know, you got a hanger, you know, or something like that uh, going on you, you know? You thought you were all clean, but you weren't clean. Huh? Come on. This corruptible must put on incorruption. We are unable, we, it is beyond our ability for us to become incorruptible. We need an antidote. We need a Savior. We need a God that will come into us and change us. Amen. And I can tell you, He will change you just as much as you let Him change you. Amen. It's all according to our faith. 
Come on. And so, I don't know about you, but I want to be just as incorruptible as possible. Amen. Years ago, got into a, a discussion about sanctification with a young, uh, with another man that his, uh, I was, I was defending um, second definite de uh, sanctification, and he was defending progressive, and both of us got unsanctified in the discussion. <clears throat> but the thing about it is, the blood of Jesus Christ can save us. And if you're a lost rank sinner and you come to this altar and you ask the Lord forgive you and He forgives you right then and there, you're just as sanctified right there as I am that's been living for Christ all these years. But, but, but Brother Jeff, he doesn't know as much. You see, the Lord makes allowances for that. He does. And he'll bring him along just as fast as he can. How many minds would be broken? How many lives would be stomped out if they had to come up to the standard of the high priest in just a day? It's not possible. It's impossible. Sure, God can do anything, but praise God, He knows our frame. He knows what we are. He knows how much we can bear. He's not going to push us harder than He can than than we can be. And He does push us more than we think we can. How do you like that? But in all things, He is mindful of us. And I appreciate Him. And so this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Who in here has put on immortality? Huh? <laughs> Lord, I never thought about that. How many of you heard about the man who created the bulletproof vest? Huh? Y'all read about him? He just passed away. Huh? No, I don't know. I don't think he was shot either. But they said he shot himself over 200 times. Boom. Boom. Proven his product. Huh? Woo! I'm sorry. No. They say he was a genius, but I wonder. You know? But this mortal, mortal, meaning being able to die. This mortal must put on immortality. The ability not to die. Man is looking for immortality. He is looking for the little secrets of life. He is trying to do all kinds of things, but I'm going to tell you something. The only way to have immortality is to have Jesus Christ living in your life. Amen? We may die, amen, uh, one time, but if we've got Christ, we're not going to die twice. But if you don't have Christ, you're going to die twice. You'll die one when this physical body dies. You'll die again eternally, amen, when that body is raised up and you will have to suffer death throughout the ages. When mortal must put on immortality. 
I'm going to tell you something. I'm looking forward to that place where death is swallowed up in victory. What did Jesus come up out of the grave with? The keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. He's got control of those. Amen. Death, hell, and the grave. And oh, here, Paul is excited about it. I got a little notation on the side of my Bible that says, The victor shout, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Amen. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way we're going to make it out of here, folks. And I want to let you know something. You were not born to die. You were not born to die that second death. You were born to please God. Does that hurt your feelings? Well, I want to do my own thing. Let me tell you something. If you want to be happy, learn to please God. Because when you please God, you'll be happy. A lot of times when people aren't happy, they're not pleasing God. Okay? And so it is very, very important here for us to recognize that there's more to what meets the eye. That's real. Not really. It could be taken out there Put a light to it, and it'll vaporize and leave ashes. What? It's gone. What is reality? There are two things in each one of us that can never be destroyed. And when I say destroyed, I mean vaporized, disintegrated. I don't know what else you know you would say, but you've got two things in you that will live on for eternity. Eternity. Your outer body, thing that blinks, smiles, frowns, sneezes, anything else, you know, that will perish. But these other two things that are in you, they're the things that really make you you is your spirit and your soul. Okay? That spirit was given to you by God. How many of you in here tell yourself, breathe? Okay, heart, beat. No, we don't do that. There's an underlying system that's working in us beyond our knowledge that keeps everything going. And the part of that is that Spirit of God. It's not all of it, but that's part of it. I call it the, uh, the you know, the, the part of the programming in us that causes us to work all the time. Huh? But you see, whenever you put this flesh and that Spirit of God in with our spirit and our soul, it gives us 
our personality, what we like, what we don't like, uh, what makes us laugh, what makes us cry. You're, I'm amazed at some of the things that people cry over, and I'm amazed at some of the things that people laugh about. Okay? But those two indestructible things will live on forever. You can burn the body. You can cremate it. You can send the ashes out on some kind of space expedition to the farthest points of the universe. But you cannot get away from God. Because your spirit and your soul, God's got control of those. Amen. And so wherever they're at, when the Lord calls you up, all them molecules that are supposed to go to there will go to there. Amen. Eternal. And so you've got to choose right now in this life who will I choose? How will I live? Will I live short-sighted only for what's today and what I will eat and what I will dress how I'll put things on, where I will go, things like that. It, you're going to be short-sighted like that? What's going to happen at the end of this year? What's going to happen next year? Uh, things like That's short-sighted. You need to be looking, where will I spend eternity? With whom shall I spend eternity? And you only got two choices here. It's like a runoff election. Okay. You got two choices. You got to make a choice. And you better choose Jesus. Amen. You better choose Jesus. Because the devil's the one on the other ballot. Amen. So, what is reality? Teresa, come. Let's get us a song. Lord, help me, I think, pretty much to express to you my, my thoughts and my feelings. I don't know if I can convince a philosopher or somebody like that. But what I talk to you about is the truth. Folks, salvation is real. It will last for eternity. Your decisions and your actions are real. And they will be forever remembered unless you get saved. And then all those wicked and evil things you are done will be erased out of that book. Huh? You want all that out of the book? How many, thing, how many things that nobody knows about but just you and the other person that, you know, just you? You don't want nobody to know. Come on. Y'all got quiet on me there. I'm talking about that secret of secrets. You don't want nobody knowing about. The Lord knows it. And He's got it written down. But he said, if you come unto me, ask me to forgive you. And if you'll take me as your Lord and Savior, 
I wash you with my blood. It's really strange. He'll wash us with that red blood and he'll make us just white as pure white. Fresh dropped snow. Most beautiful white could ever be. He'll wash us. He'll cleanse us. He'll wash that record off. Thank the Lord. And not only that, he'll write your name in a new book. Lamb's Book of Life is called. You could call it God's specials. Those are his specials he's got in there. And only those who are written in that book are going to make heaven their home. I want to go. I want to go. Eternal bliss, no sin, no politics, no corruption, clean, pure water, fruit, leaves of trees, huh? golden streets, gates of pearl. I want to go. I don't want to go to that place of eternal darkness. I don't want to go to that place where the worm dieth not and the fires are not quenched forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't want to go there. I want my name, and I believe it is, written in that land's book of life. You can have your name put there too. You sure can. I feel prompted right there to let you know that in Revelations it says if he was warning the churches in a place there, he said, and if you don't repent and go back and do your first works over again, he said, I'll take your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. It's possible to get your name taken out. I don't want to get my name taken out. I want to start for Him and I want to go all the way through. Brother Ron, it's getting hard. Not getting hard in that I don't want to do it, but it's getting hard because of all of the friends and family and those that are going other directions. Huh? Brother Jeff, you preach like you used to 20, 30 years ago. Thank the Lord. I want to be the same. Why? Because my Savior is the same. I don't want to be too hard. I don't want to be too soft. I want to be just what the Lord wants me to be at that time. Let's stand all across the house. I hope that all is ready in your heart and your life. Andrew ain't the little boy that used to suck his thumb. Well, not the little boy that he used to be. You're at the age of accountability. It won't be too long till these twins in a few years, they'll be at the age that they'll have to give an account 
to the Lord for what they do. But aren't you glad right now they don't have to? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Woo! I don't have a clue what I did back then. But the question is right now about you. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Well, Brother Jeff, that preacher told me it was. Well, if you ask me, I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's not my call. It's not my place. Only the Lord can let you know if your name's there. Only the Lord. And Scripture says that His Spirit would bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. That's how we can know. Amen. So I'm going to invite us to come and pray. And if you're not sure, why don't you keep praying until you know for a, without a doubt. Because the Lord's told you you're one of His. Come, let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. There's a voice calling me from an old rugged tree, and it whispers, Draw closer to me. Leave this one. Far behind, there are
Drop. 